Hello and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And today we're joined by a very, very special guest. It's Bailey Kane. Ooh, hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You are very welcome. You came all the way up from uh, outside of both Buffy and Angel regions. I did. I came up from San Diego in Ooh. my Subaru. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Step up. Yeah, don't. It's okay. It's cool. <laughs> you live in San Diego? It's fine. I do. Oh, I thought you lived in New York. No, that was like 10 years ago. Oh, great. A lifetime ago. Great. I'd heard your name mentioned a million times and a million times again before I met you at Comic-Con this summer. Yeah. You um, hang out with my best friend, which is why that happened. It's not like I'm actually super important. It's just you live. You guys went to school at the same time. Yeah. Can we quickly address that? Did we? Yeah, you guys went to school at the exact same time, and you guys were just meeting for the first time, Aww. thanks to the powers of Buffy. You graduated 09? 010. Okay, I was, the, I was 09. Oh my gosh, which school were you in? Uh, dramatic writing, Tish. Oh, that's why we never crossed paths. Uh, what I, were you? I was in film production. Uh, okay. So you guys just Still got Tish. the scripts from, is there like a runner school where they just run the scripts <laughs> from run. creative writing to film? No, dramatic writing just sits in their There's no sad, squeaky over. floor. How we get half of one of the film film has like five floors. Dramatic writing has like half of one of the floors that's like really squeaky. Half of exactly. one of the floors. So it's like you only get five feet. <laughs> wow. It's like a being John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> With the squeaky floor. Wow. Yeah. I always felt like that film was lacking a squeaky floor. Well, that's okay. That's it. Well, I'm working <laughs> on the reboot, so <laughs> anyhow, we're here to discuss episode twelve of season four. A New Man, mm. which is a Giles-heavy episode. Yeah! So this is going to be a Giles-heavy Giles, discussion. Giles, and Giles. also features one of my favorite characters and the basis for our current story arc. Oh, actually, the story arc that recently closed when this goes up. Mm -hmm. A story arc that closed a few weeks ago on Hyper's Buffy RPG, mm -hmm. uh, all about Ethan Rain. Unless we keep falling into other portals, in which case, maybe the story <laughs> keeps going. We'll find out. Uh, all right, well, let's head into the library. Ah, uh, back in the UC Sunnydale Library. Yeah, it's great. Because last week we were in the charred remains of Sunnydale High's library. Ah. Yeah. But now we're back in this air-conditioned, very large, tall-ceilinged building, and it's great. Yeah. There's uh, a sliding ladder. There's a sliding ladder. I've always wanted <laughs> You want to do, like, the bell, like, yep. swoopy swoop thing? Yep. Feel free. Go take a slide if you need to. Okay. <laughs> can, can you guys edit that in? Does yeah. Sound? Yeah. Okay, here yeah. I am. There it is, and 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 props to the Foley artist uh, <laughs> who was able to make that dream come true. That was a great ladder sound. That was a great wee sound. Thank you. Uh, Thank great you. Doppler effect as you kind of went away. <laughs> really, guys. Effective. I went to film school. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so. Um, so Bailey Kane, you are like real life Willow and Buffy put together because. You've done movie stuff, you've worked for museums before, you've archived things. I'm a practicing witch. You're a practicing Not witch. Not true. <laughs> don't, uh, don't quote me on that. You're a slayer, a destined I am a slayer. slayer. Destined slayer. No big deal. Mm -hmm. um, you also are an expert in Bollywood cinema. Well, I don't think anybody can be an expert, but I am a devoted fan of Bollywood cinema. Look at that, and humble. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so it was just a perfect, and also, but mo most importantly, out of all those things, you love Giles. I I am 
Guys, I am grappling with some very powerful feelings about Giles lately that I was hoping to really unpack during the course of this episode. I think this is going to be it. But let's say really quickly, you woke up and you didn't feel yourself or didn't look yourself. No. And you reached for your phone and you broke it with your hands because your hands are now demon hands. That's all right, because Chris is going to catch you up on this episode in his cram session in five easy, oh, bloody hell, I thought you were gone, sentences. All right, Chris, take it away. It's Buffy's birthday, and this time it's not all doom and gloom as Giles meets Buffy's new boyfriend, Riley, but then soon discovers over the course of trying to make himself useful with some kind of stopping of a demon prince from rising that turns out Buffy's boyfriend, Riley, is not only part of the initiative, the secret demon research organization that they've been tracking for weeks, but that everybody, including Spike and Anya, are fully aware of it, and that the person that Giles is starting to really dislike the most, Professor Walsh, is the leader of the initiative. One. Feeling super left out and sad, Giles runs afoul of Ethan Rain, his ex-best friend who is a chaos-worshipping madman, and over the course of many, many drinks and shots and full pints of beer, they come to understand that there is a secret thing called 314 that is being uh, talked about in the demon community and is making everybody super afraid. And so Giles, after all of the drinking, goes home and wakes up in his bed as a giant demon. Two. Stumbling into the world, Demon Giles starts trying to find the Scooby Gang to get to the bottom of what Ethan has done to him, but is unable to speak English and is only speaking in Fiaral. And the only person who is able to help him is one Spike who happens to speak Fiaral for He hired a few Fiaral demons many years ago, and Spike, in exchange for money, drives Giles around in Giles' car where they are getting chased by the initiative, but Giles is able to run off on his own to try to find out where Ethan is, and Spike keeps the initiative on his trail. Three? Um, at one point, Giles chases Mrs. Walsh just for fun, because Mrs. Walsh, earlier in the episode, uh, indirectly, directly called Giles a absent father figure, and Buffy is taking a little bit too much of a quick liking to Professor Walsh, including her instantly and the fact that she's, you know, the slayer. Uh, but the initiative is on the case, and they're trying to find the situation, and they track uh, down Ethan Rain all the way to his apartment, where they find Ethan and the demon who Buffy thinks killed Giles, but isn't actually Giles himself. Four. There's fighting and there's punching and Ethan is taken into custody and as Buffy is about to use a letter opener that's supposedly made of silver to kill the creature, she stabs it in the chest but then sees the eyeballs and realizes, oh no, it's actually Giles. And Giles is reverted back to his human self and everybody's okay. Five. Great. Ooh, even quite the recap. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, these have been uh, streamlined lately, like Spruce Goose. Thanks. No yeah. notes, too. Thanks. I brought notes. <laughs> I think that this is my first podcast, and it, I was under the impression that when you do a podcast, you bring notes. Oh, you, you did great. We used to always bring notes. Yeah, I have a notebook from um, Portland, Oregon, actually, that I made into my Buffy notebook, and then shortly I stopped taking notes. You guys, this is a study group. Yeah, well, I just bring my textbook dusted. Oh, okay. And I have lines, I have things underlined. 
Oh. And I have a general rule, which is uh, if you're not already ready for a test, you're not going to be ready in life, and education <gasps> should prepare you for life, so you should just get it in your mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. and not like have to cram it. That's yeah. really harsh, Omar. Uh, really well, I mean, it's only a rule for myself. I <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes things are harsh. And you know what else is harsh? Maggie Walsh. So yeah. mean. Let's Boo. talk about Walsh that, really quick. That quit. fish wife. <laughs> as, as we all like to refer to her. You have a note about Maggie Walsh in your notes, I believe? I do. Here it is. Line seven. Professor Walsh can bite my butt. <laughs> I continue to feel the same way about that particular topic. I concur. She's like a, a jerk, right? Like she's like legitimately, she's not just, okay, this is, and I don't want to throw any soft sciences under the bus, but there's like a specific type of like psychology jerk. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the idea that someone's like exempt from their subject of study because they're <laughs> in the field of study. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. Where it's like, I had a professor, I've maybe shared this once or twice before, but in college, and I was taking, oh, I don't need to say the exact class because then they'll get in trouble. But she was talking about um, Rustang and like the, the big O, the other, and it's like people often want to hook up and like be romantic with their therapists because they're like, you have the answers. And she's like, and you have to be very concerned about that. Like, you really have to keep that in mind, you know, when you're in a position of authority. Later, I found out that she was sleeping with a student. <laughs> oh, my like, God. But oh you no. can't. But you knew. So anyway, that's my so thing. So young, Megan. impressionable Omar learned the truth of hypocrisy. Yeah. Wait, wait, you the student? <gasps> I was a student, and that's as far as I'll take that. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'll take it a little bit farther. Uh, I was not the student. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. Yeah. That, this episode is so intense because... This year, season four is a weird year because mm-hmm. we've spent one through three, seasons one through three, getting comfortable with this perfect status quo, this platonic ideal of what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is. Mm-hmm. And season four is so strange because it's the first time that that's shattered and that not just Giles, but also Willow and Xander are going through their identity crisis of trying to still remain relevant. And here is Buffy getting closer to Riley, who is a controversial figure. We are trying to actively like him more okay. this time around. Although yeah, we are currently in the fall of Finn. It's yeah. really, it's really, they make him hard to like. Like, you know, he's just so white bread vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's this, you know. And then Walsh. Mm-hmm. Walsh also, I think, is part of why Riley is tough is because she is his, she's his absolute mentor. She's his Giles. Right. And so... Right. Is this the episode where he's being like incredibly like aggressive with her on the street? Or was that the previous episode? I think that was the previous okay, episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where he like is like, I'm not gonna walk away from this. And it's like, well, she said you should. Yeah. So maybe Let's listen stop. to what the lady is saying <laughs> about what she wants and doesn't. And what she want. doesn't want is you doing this. Please <laughs> go away. But so it's like, yeah, then Walsh is Giles, who has always been this person who we love and adore oh, and is like kind God. of the comfort of, he, he's the comfort zone of the whole show. Ugh. It's like now Giles is unemployed. He's in this midlife crisis. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I think that that's why. He's, he's a millennial. <laughs> yeah. He started wearing really baggy sweaters, which continues <laughs> yeah. to the end of the show, and which I have some feelings about, but. Just wanted to notice that. He goes from tweed to like H&M back rack. Oh. <laughs> and weird, Wesley was just wearing a, a pretty intense sweater 
in that angel episode. Yeah. Coincidence? Uh, Maybe. I think not. They, they oh, okay. raided each other's closet. <gasps> Do you think they're still in contact? I bet. I bet that they like they write. The line. They're British. <laughs> yeah. They have pen pals. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I bet an occasional formal letter is sent. Yeah. Just to My dear each Wesley, other. I hope the Queen is well. <laughs> I recently purchased a sweater. How was your garden? Just, just the right amount of bag. <laughs> is it off the shoulder? Just a little off the shoulder. I got it at the H&M back rack. <laughs> Highly suggest. Yours Love. truly, Large Collar Giles. <laughs> Love Giles. Great. Um, okay, cool. Where? Okay, so there's so much. Let's talk about. Yes. Before we get into. <laughs> The the large chunk of our Giles combo. Can we talk about Ethan really quickly? Of course. I love Ethan, and if you've been watching the Hyper RPG Buffy RPG show that we've been so wonderfully blessed to get to do, mm-hmm. it this the story that we recently closed was about Ethan, and it was justifying why the episode Nightmare happened in season one because it's never explained why a kid who can astral project. Puts everyone in nightmares. Yeah. So we just decided it's Ethan. Yeah. Uh, that Ethan was there to make it make a little bit more sense. He just popped into Sunnydale and it was like, oh, some kid's having nightmares? Great. Everyone has nightmares. I'm going to go steal some money and we never found out about it because it's, you know, Sunnydale. He was taking in the baseball game. He was taking in the baseball game. Except, or maybe he, maybe he like, put a lot of money on that team and then that kid got, like, put in the hospital from his abusive coach and Ethan was like, no, I need to get that money back. Yeah. <laughs> so he made all the nightmares come true so that the coach would get taken in and then that kid could play again? Exactly. Great. That's canon. Dark Horse, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but he is this person who pops up and it's such a pity he can't be in more of Buffy as a staple character, as like a Spike-ish character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also so great because when he comes in, you're like, oh man, an Ethan episode? All right. Yeah. And he's just such a wonderful addition to the Giles verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the Ripper verse. Giles. Yeah. Almost. Was the Ripper because the biggest rumor that never came true. I remember when Buffy was ending, there was all these different theories of shows that would happen. There was the Faith show that never happened. Should have, but go on. Should have. There was the Don the Vampire Slayer show nope. that everyone just screamed, No, no! please. When they did Pete and Pete, right? Oh, we can't even mention Don. What? Um, it's, I mean, the dawn also rises. Oh, uh, there was that show about... <laughs> oh my God, Omar. There was a show uh, that they were going to do about when uh, when it's not quite night anymore, but it's not quite morning. Dusk. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was going to be possibly a Ripper show. Yes. For BBC, and they never made it, but I remember the rumor was going to be it was going to be like an older, badass Giles in England, uh, and that Ethan was going to be a character in oh it. Oh my God. And it still could happen. I mean, oh my God, well, the actor who played Ethan passed away, unfortunately. No, no did he? I believe so. Am Robin Sachs? I believe he passed away shortly after Galaxy Quest. Google that. Oh, God, I'll feel so bad if I'm wrong. Oh, well, I won't feel bad if I'm wrong. I really hope that I'm wrong, but yeah, I Omar. believe <laughs> I'm right. Oh, no. Here, let's let's fill the air. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Keep, so, keep Chris, the conversation uh, going. Chris, Google. <laughs> Did you, so you watched the show in chronological order, Bailey Kane? I did. That was a, I think, as He a, is dead. No. Yeah. He died on February 1st, 2013. What a bummer. No, Ethan's dead. But he left a lasting legacy. He really did. He's one of those characters. Like, Ethan, like, you feel like he's in the show in every season. Yeah. Like, that's the feeling you get, even though he's in maybe, what, four episodes he's not max? not many episodes. Yeah. Band Candy, which we have not. He's in Halloween, Dark Age, 
Band Candy and A New Man, and that's it. So this is the last Ethan episode. Oh, Forever. Guys. Okay, we'll have to deal with those feelings later. But <laughs> And he's also the subject of the uh, GameCube game Chaos Bleeds. That's true. Which is a season five in the like fringes episode. In the fringes with Christopher Monte. Yeah. <laughs> Deep cuts, Faith is, guys. Faith is, Faith's in that game as well, as is Sid the Dummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of the RPG was based off of that game, to be honest. <laughs> Inspired by that game, at least. Uh, so you watched it in chronological order. I did. Um, I basically, freshman year of college, I had just moved to New York and was adjusting. Mm-hmm. And that adjustment included watching all the Buffy in like two months. Yes. <laughs> I told my teacher this and she was deeply concerned. Actually, it was, I got started on Buffy because our in one of our sound classes, they showed us Hush. Oh. And I was like, I'd always like been aware of Buffy. I was like, that guy with the blonde hair looks pretty cool, but I don't feel like I know where to start. And she showed us Hush and I was like, I'm in. Let's do this. You did it. And I did it. And I have no regrets. So you started with Hush. So you started that was two first, episodes ago. The first episode I ever saw was Hush. Wow. And then you went back class. to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. That's so awesome. But yeah, because the beginning, <laughs> it takes a little while for, you know, everybody knows. It takes what a little was... while to find its, its yeah. happy point. But once Angel came in, I was like, oh, shit. Like when he walked in like, and he oh. was like. I'm a friend, but not yours. You your friend. I was, like, I was like, man, how cool. I was like, but wait, what are you, though? <laughs> Come back. You want a necklace? <laughs> Come back. Here's a necklace. Oh, my God. I had, like, the clatter ring and everything. You know, it's <laughs> real. I love Angel. Uh, um, I love him so much. Yeah, we'll have to have you too. back on for Investigating oh. Angel. Okay. Um, yeah, come on. <laughs> when, um, so, so what was your first impression of, well, your first impression of Giles would have been from Hush, then. Yeah. It would have been... I feel like my, until recently, you guys, mm-hmm. my feelings towards Giles have remained the same. I feel like Until he's, recently. Until recently, okay. we've changed. Okay. And I've been experiencing new, strange feelings. So how were they I, before? Before, they were like, this is one of the most, like, well-written, like, genuine... I feel like Anthony Stewart Head just embodies him so well. Nothing seems fake or put on with, with his character at all. Mm-hmm. And I think he's so well written. That speech that he gives to Buffy after the whole Angelus debacle when she's mm-hmm. like, you must be so disappointed in me, that I I still cry every mm-hmm. single time because he delivers it so well and it's so genuine. And then recently I was like, because I've always been a kind of Buffy angel sort of person. I was walking to work the other morning thinking about coming on this podcast and what I was going to say about you know, my romantic feelings towards various people in Buffy and I was like, you know, Angel or Spike, you know, that old mm-hmm. debate. And I was like, no, wait, I think I love Giles. <laughs> and then I was like, "Does is this like a new level of maturity in my life that now I'm like lusting after the British librarian? Oh, God. <laughs> but let's embrace it. Because like, to be honest, I feel like Giles could provide more of a fulfilling life. So you still love adventure and of knowledge, but I don't know, you guys. It's yeah, just no. like a lot going on in my life right now. <laughs> he's got a soul. He's got a soul. He's got, he's a, got a pulse. In the day, mm-hmm. he's got a great sense of humor, plays music. Yeah. Which we haven't seen yet, have we? Have we seen Giles strum the guitar yet? Mm, no. I mean, I think we know, like, I, you had a feeling. Like, I don't think it's a surprise. It's not a spoiler to say, like, Giles plays guitar. No. Uh, it was a little bit. Sorry. We didn't see any flashbacks. <laughs> no, no, no. It's I, I don't know. It's not. 
Spoiler alert, Giles plays the guitar at one oh point. Oh my god, guys, I ruined it. Um, I thought that maybe in a flashback we saw him, but maybe I'm thinking of the comics where it's like a random like flashback yeah. to like him on stage with yeah. the Sex Pistols. I think it's okay to know that Giles plays guitar. Yeah. It's fine. It's implied in Band Candy when he enjoys her sitting around the records. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's this like, this guy knows bit. how to jam. And they, I'm pretty sure they didn't know what song they were going to play. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, this is the best bit. And it was just like more flange. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's hey guys, a good part. Cool. But like, it wasn't a new part. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the thing is, it's like, these new feelings for Giles. And then I'm like, well, wait what's my favorite relationship in this whole series now? I'm questioning everything. And to be honest, I think my favorite relationship is Giles and Spike, which we get a lot of in this episode. I'm Spiles all the fucking way, all the way in that little car driving down the highway forever. This episode was so rewarding in that that sense. Can we, and this is, I'm going to say only so much. I'm only going to say so much as to not spoil for Buffy newbies, but wouldn't it be great if we had an offshoot? It doesn't have to be canon, but a Giles Spike adventure series called Randy Adventures. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Here in my notes in line like 21, mm-hmm. I wrote, I will pay good money to fund, oh, here we go. I would personally fund a Spike Giles TV show with my own money. I think it has to happen. And you know what? It still can. The Netflix revolution, Anything the Hulu-lution. 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 That's right. Hulu-lution. hulu Trademark. Trademark. You just trademarked hulu Yep. Man, some tech company in Silicon Valley just lost it. Yeah. Classic Leonard Cohen song, Hulu-lution. Hulu-lution. I have an idea of how that could work as well, especially given James Marster's current state of affairs. Where he looks. Which is handsome. Um, he is still. Would, it's yeah, no. not fair. It's not fair. I sat next to the ECB fairer. show. It's a little fairer. Uh, I mean, it was just like he's like sixty. He's not sixty. Oh, <laughs> Google. Google. <laughs> but those cheekbones could cut glass. <laughs> like I was sitting next to him, and I was just like, "Cool, I'm probably in the peak of my life slash have left it." And I turned to James, and he was like, hey, how's it going? And I was just like, just, no one can compete. What are you? <laughs> like, what sacrifice did you make? <laughs> like, wow. 55. He's not 60. No. How old is David Boreanaz? 48. Oh, my God, wait. James Marsters is older than David Boreanaz? Oh, yeah, by seven what? years. He, James has SMG a poster, is 40. Uh, has a painting in an attic, and that painting has a painting of itself. That's sort of the magic that James Marshes is using right now in his life, mm-hmm. where it's like, and this was this is what always annoyed me yeah. so much about Dorian Gray, is <laughs> backups, copies, right? You know, like when we're typing on Word, you save. Mm-hmm. Go on. Dorian Gray, just make backup paintings. You idiot. Did Dorian well, Gray paint weren't... his own portrait? I think it was like one magic right? portrait. We'll get other magic portraits. But I think he could only have one. Well, who Why? made the one? Magic. But, but, but this one portrait granted to oh, you, so, Dorian oh, Gray. Oh, why not just <laughs> like we didn't like paint like a Dalai Lama portrait or something? It was just a Dorian Gray. It's Playboy. But the, the point is, is that the Dalai Lama wouldn't want one of those portraits because he's a better person. It's not what to quote the princess and the frog. It's not what you want. It's what we need. Mm-hmm. And to quote the Princess and the Frog, 
Sweet Evangeline, but <laughs> star in the sky. That's a She's the star in the sky now. And just quote, step up to the streets. Mm-hmm. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. Whoa. Whoa. Actually, that's true, though. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> I love that movie. I remember the trailer, and I loved the trailer. Oh, I had the, the dance-off edition. Did you? I like to remind people that I have a master's degree and own the dance-off edition of Step Up to the Streets. Like when you go to order coffee? Yeah. What name should we put it's it under? right next, my, my DVD collection is alphabetized, so it's right next to the Shawshank Redemption. Oh my. <laughs> really great. It's <sighs> a double feature. You know what? Each doing different things. Yeah. Really quick. Um, ideal, like, favorite double feature. Real quick. Anastasia twice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We shouldn't have let you lead. How are we going to beat that? <laughs> We're talking the animated. Yeah. Have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? Have you heard what they say in the streets? What about Jungle Book and the Apu Trilogy? Wow, Omar. <laughs> yep. You trick people with Jungle Book because they're just like great. And then it starts playing Do you remember three that- such as Ray films. <laughs> Do you remember that um, live action Jungle Book with Carrie Elwes? Yes. Yes. yes, I think about that often, actually. Is that where he was old? Um, Mowgli was yeah, like Mowgli was old. Yeah. Old Mowgli. Older. You have like an age thing today. He was not He's, old Mowgli. It was not like 80 years old. Like, everyone is 60. They had to like age up Michael Caine to play Mowgli. It wasn't like one of those situations. <laughs> well, he was adult Mowgli. Adult. He, was, he was adult Mowgli, yeah. It was a sequel. I will he, tell you It was you like guys, Aladdin Mowgli, right? It does not hold up. Oh, no. It was made by Disney, right? Oh, okay, For probably. the TV, wasn't it? It was I mean, when they were making adapting for TV. Uh, I had it on VHS. Like remember Martin Short in the uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland? Oh yeah. Those were the oh those were the um, the NBC Sunday night films. That was NBC yeah. scandal. There was a really good one that was Native scandal. American. Scandal. <gasps> there was a Native American collection, uh, like an anthology story collection of Native American stories and myths that was really well done and I can't find it because it's not like they're going to like distribute those on DVD I know. but it's really good that's awesome Bailey what's your double feature oh, oh yeah sorry <laughs> Step Up to the Streets and Shawshank oh my god well that, that is pretty perfect oh it's just too many if I'm doing like a mystery double header yes. I'll do a, like Clue and then The Great Escape Bam. Ooh, that's really good. That's yeah. good. Well, so you used no. to organize film festivals, so this is actually yeah, a very big true. question for you. I know, but usually I have like a few weeks to prepare my yeah. answers. Not in the Sunnydale study group. No. Nope. Nope. You it's never know when the apocalypse spot. is going to ruin. Pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of a great escape, <laughs> uh, Giles and Spike in the car. Thank yep. you. Yep. Going away from the initiative. Yep. Great. The thing about the initiative that I think also kind of feeds into this whole people not liking Riley thing, mm. is it's Walsh. Mm-hmm. It's the initiative as kind of a TV military organization that sort of feels like on a production value level, they couldn't quite achieve what that would look like. Exactly. Like, I feel like Cabin in the Woods is mm. what the initiative would look like in a wave of magic wand world. Right. This is more like a Costco back room. Yes. And I think that that <laughs> kind of makes it a little weird. And obviously they're doing the best that they can. And kudos to all of the fine people who worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I think that the Giles and Spike in Giles's car getting away from two massive Humvees and easily escaping 
kind of speaks to this idea of like the initiative as just sort of something that you almost can't even take that seriously. I would, especially nowadays, I would say that it's pretty representative of a government organization. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And I gave—I told you about Topical. when I gave Trump the finger. I've heard it, but I don't know if you've told the podcast. Oh yeah. Well. Oh, I think you did actually. Maybe I did. Yeah. So. I was on the streets and all these cars were like stopping and all these like cops were like, stop, 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 stop. And they closed off traffic and they drove by and there was all these like back black bulletproof SUVs. And then all of a sudden there's Donald Trump in the back of a thing. And I was like, <gasps> and I gasped like that. It was like a Frodo Baggins put the ring on moment. Or like a Kirby, <gasps> like about to suck in someone's identity. And I was like, quick, give him the finger. This is your only chance. And <laughs> so I did. America. And, and then behind him was like a giant like military like operate like basically like his own SWAT team that like mm-hmm. follows him around with like the Secret Service. And then I was like, and then I like put the finger away and was like, and I just started waving pot like like gently like hey at the Secret Service. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And not to like, you. No, we feel the same way. We run out of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't like that on the podcast, and you're listening. Well, too bad. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that yeah. So maybe they aren't that. Uh, well, I'm not gonna keep going on this train. What are you saying? We were talking about how easily Spike uh, and Giles got away from the initiative. Yes, very simple. Or just how not on the ball the initiative is. And I I don't want to... I'm trying to think... You know what? Here's what I'll do. And this might be a little bit of a jerk move for me, but I'm going to toss it over to Bailey in a second. But I'm going to serve it up. This is like a volleyball serve, and then I want you to kick it in the net. Go. Uh, Kick it in the net, Omar? That's not volleyball. You don't kick it. I don't know how to play. I don't know how to play with your hands. Thumb set spike with your hands. Yeah, man. but with the feet. But with, but you, you but spike. You, but you, spike. Spike. So here's my serve, um, but like in a tennis way. Oh. Uh, is Maggie Walsh shouldn't be running the initiative, no. and that's as much as I'm gonna say. And I'm serving it up to Bailey to kind of break down and unpack that little argument there. Yeah. So I also agree. Maggie Walsh should not be running the initiative. For many reasons, which will become apparent later on. Um, but primarily, she's just... I think the the problem with the initiative, kind of piggybacking off of what Chris said, is just that the idea of a military organization, in addition to our white bread vanilla bean hero for this season, is just so prosaic. Like, the magic of Buffy is actually, like, magic and mm-hmm. fantasy. And for some reason, at least for me, with the initiative, it feels like real life is intruding on this like, mm-hmm. wonderful world. I don't want to have to deal with, like, military people in my fantasy show. It's kind of like Get the out. first three Go. seasons of Buffy. Go back are, to D.C. The Beach Boys, Wouldn't It Be Nice? And season four is <laughs> someone going, no. 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 <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. Yeah, And I is. think that that adds to uh, the fall of Finn. Hashtag mm. fall of Finn. We've now entered into hey, it. Hey, guys. Um, fun. Oh, wait. No. No spoilers. There we go. We have to stop oh, no, no, I caught myself. Do you want to oh, say cryptically? Cryptically. Like in three words? I can't. Oh, okay. Can't too much. Um, so we are going to um, actually, Chris has to rush off to essentially go to New York <laughs> effectively. But so what we're going to do is we're going to have a doodly doodly do sound, and then you're going to get a very special segment where it's going to be Bailey Kane and Omar geek out about Giles. Oh my God. And it's just gonna be us because Chris has to jet. He has to jump into a car with Spike and Giles mm-hmm. and race down the 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> away from the initiative. Who can't speed? Yeah. But before I do go, yeah. I'll geek out about Giles a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that also what's weird about this season is that, and to speak to the Riley thing again, because he is one of the most present elements of season four, 
is that all of a sudden there's all of our attention being focused more on this character mm -hmm. than there are to Xander, Willow. Truth. Yeah, Truth. that's very true. Willow is not as big of a character as as Riley so far this year. Yeah. She doesn't the, the arc between Willow and uh Buffy is not really that present until sort of the end of the season. And I think that this episode, the reason it kind of culminates there is it's Giles being like, am I even still on this show? Mm -hmm. And the thing that makes me so sad about this episode is it's like, it's it just... Pretty meta. It's meta about Anthony Stewart Head's position in the show, but then also it feels like the real world came in and was turning Buffy into something we didn't want it to be, and that Buffy is also... Why does she... The, the quickness with which she lets Walsh in on the Slayer secret mm -hmm. is really bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that Giles, and I know it's part of the storyline and that they go in this direction, but that like Giles has been left out of the loop. Maggie Walsh is like, finds out about the Slayer and then instantly gives her clearance and knows the secret that Buffy like is supposed to not tell to people. It's very odd. I agree. It's sort of like a Beatles let it be moment in the Scooby gang and whether that will be referenced later, who knows. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> really quick, we're going to go into... that. Was, that's such a good point. That's such a good point that like Riley does get a lot of screen time over the Scoobies we're used to. Over the entire... I would say that... I would say that maybe the only other character that gets as much personal attention is Spike. Yeah. Which is great. Which, which is, is great, great. Which I think is what kind of drives much of early season mm -hmm. four. But season four does feel weird because it is like everyone's fractured and separated. Yes. And I understand, you know, the basic motivation between behind having a character like Riley where it's like, what if you take like a fundamentally just good, decent human being and throw him into these, like this very strange relationship and watch what unfolds. Uh, I can understand that that would be an interesting arc potentially, but again, there's so many other characters that we've grown to love as viewers that just kind of get sidelined as a result, and I think yeah. that's basically where they drop the ball. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Because the outlier episodes are so good, like the Hush, the Anumans, mm -hmm. the Fear Itself. Those episodes of this season are so incredible, and those are ones that focus on the characters that we really love and care about. Yeah, we do have a stacked deck. Because we got Anya in the mix, more Anya. so Spike more in the mix. And I love Anya. Anya's my Anya is me at every social gathering ever. <laughs> yes. I'm Anya's bored, my... can we eat? <laughs> yeah. Anya's my favorite Buffy character ever, but mostly because of what comes to follow after this season. Sure, sure. she's still mm -hmm. sort of like, I'm on the show now too. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. And then it's welcome. like, welcome to the show. Hold it in. Um, so uh, we are gonna doodly doodly do have a little Giles discussion, mm -hmm. and then we'll doodly do back into our extra uh, credit or uh, extracurricular. Uh, so uh, we'll quickly doodly doodly do, and then we'll be back with Chris after the doodly doodly do. Great, doodly doodly do. Have fun in the doodly doodly do verse, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now we're gonna do a quick little discussion that's just Bailey Kane and Omar talking about Giles. Hey, Omar. Hey, Bailey. How's it going? Oh, it's going real well. Great. I'm talking about Giles. Talking about what Giles. What could be better? What, okay, what are your favorite... <laughs> this is just, like, us on a bed. <laughs> like, 
awesome. Waving Talking our feet about in the air. Boys. <laughs> yeah. Tiger beat posters of Giles <laughs> on the wall. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I'll rip off the bandaid to get the conversation. Giles was my first, and maybe one of three total like man crushes. Where I was like watching an episode, I was like, I have a man crush on Giles, mm-hmm. and I forget exactly what episode it was, but I'm pretty sure it was season four. I just love that they they let him be more of a fully formed adult character than yeah. just just the voice of reason. You know, like he's got his foibles and especially in this episode he has his vulnerabilities, but you know, he can also spoiler play the guitar and kind of, you know, have those opportunities to to show that adults are not just, you know, taller people who occupy buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Like really tall people, just tall people, like thirty foot people that live in thirty foot buildings. Exactly. They're. It's not just that. He's more. There's so much more. <laughs> <laughs> He's more ironed out right now than Joyce. Right. Like Joyce mm-hmm. is still seen through Buffy parent eyes mm-hmm. of like, but your mom. Whereas Giles, who was like, as Maggie Walsh points out, like parental mm-hmm. figure, like you know, paternal replacement, mm-hmm. um, is. I feel like he's not that as much anymore no i'm not gonna say he's not completely but it's a way more less yeah seeing way more less (laughs) way more less omar yeah seeing this vulnerability in him and kind of taking an entire episode to to grapple with the fact that he's feeling out of place and like he doesn't have a purpose like those are you know i think any viewer would be able to identify with those feelings Mm -hmm. so yeah I, i really liked this episode for that reason i think it's a really wonderful challenge to an actor to have that as a character's story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of times you could be like this, you know, attack with your words to someone or just like, I want you to block them because you're defensive about this. Yeah. I feel like wandering through life and trying to figure out your place in it is a bit of a harder directorial and mm-hmm. acting experience. And it shows that it doesn't, that search doesn't end when you turn 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing because that's something that I, it'll definitely come up way more in um, upcoming seasons, but it's something that Buffy goes through a lot. I see Buffy go through a lot. Um, and also some of the other characters mm-hmm. in the show kind of go through it. Spike has gone through a little pocket of it where mm-hmm. Spike recently was just like, do I'm, I fall on a stake? What do I do? Where am I? Yeah. I'm wearing Hawaiian shirts and I'm so confused. <laughs> My clothes shrunk. Uh, Xander goes through that a lot. That's an ongoing thing for Xander, too. Just because, you know, Willow's got the smarts, Buffy's got the strength. What does Xander do but watch? Yeah. And then Giles can't even do that. Yeah. He's not a watcher anymore. Yeah, he's not a watcher. Poor Giles. It's, Ugh. there is sort of a comfortable struggle i feel like that's the thing about giles is he's a slow burn or an ongoing burn burn, you know he's like the olympic sorry if i sound like i'm like you know sitting gazing out of a window next to a scented (laughs) candle but those are my feelings for giles right now there literally is a scented candle right behind you and i am looking towards a window so it's not that far off and you are being shot with like a vaseline lens you know (laughs) gentle giles it's not so much the it's kind of a weird daddy fetish oh no where no (laughs) but like not like father it's like daddy yeah uh like daddy dating sim daddy um where there's something that he's learned to there's something wonderful about the stability and not just like i'm done 
I make money. I'm a 1950s man. No. Go eat your vitamins. No. Like, it's more of he's... You can talk to him. Yeah. And he'd give you advice and not be judgmental. And isn't that just what we're looking for, everyone? Eh, everyone? Right? I, could I venture... Let me... Okay, so you are uh, marrying a Giles. This is, this is true. I am betrothed. I've pledged my troth. <laughs> to a person who, now that I, you know, I, I was in bed <laughs> thinking about my strained feelings for Giles the other night, and I kind of look over, and Peter, who's my fiancé, is sitting there sort of quietly reading a book with his glasses, being very calm and mm. reliable and steady. It's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> hmm. I... So he reads, like, <laughs> reads quietly, cooks. Cooks, uh, laughs uproariously at his own jokes, <laughs> frequently drinks out of mugs. Like, wears glasses, and when I say wears, capital W. Yeah. Like, not like Benjamin Franklin had to wear glasses, no. right? But it was just like, I kind of wish he didn't a little bit. It's a thing. Uh, whereas uh, your, uh, the subject of your betrothal, <laughs> like, wears glasses. Yeah. Is like a glassed man. He's beglassed. He's beglassed. <laughs> um, there's something, yeah, I feel like all those elements combine into it. And there's something very unique and interesting about Giles that's in that way. And there's also the comfortable backstory with like Ethan. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love so much about Ethan popping into it, where it's just like a reminder of the full Giles. Yeah. And that's what we love. It's, it's not, nice. and it's not like, ooh, Giles is a dark past or whatever. It's more of just like, Giles has to deal with stuff, and Giles yeah. has friends, and he doesn't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Which is something that I haven't, like, I'm very happy that you have gotten to a place in your life where you're full of Giles. And Giles is definitely man crush for me, but I think right now I'm in a weird, like, Thor. Oh. Like, like that's like daddy <laughs> crush for me now. Jumped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, there's no reading. <laughs> there's no reading involved. Uh, like, no glasses. Like, very respectful. Very kind, definitely a feminist mm -hmm. um, to a great extent, although he kind of hogs the spotlight and mm. doesn't really respect Sif's feelings, mm. <laughs> which is a problem. But also, I'm not like a, you know, all, like, I won't throw the, the bathwater out with the baby sort of situation. Mm. I'm, I allow for complexity. And those arms, though. Those arms, though. <laughs> those arms, though. Let's, uh, let's be real. The hair, <laughs> though, long or short. Kind of looks like Chris. A lot, which... We don't need to get... Should we tell Chris that? Does he know? Do you think Chris looks a lot like Chris Hemsworth? Well, no, it's mostly the hair. It's the mostly hair, the hair, right? But also, like, if you threw a heavy object at Chris, I feel like he could deflect it. Okay. The we can test it. broad shoulders. Chris does have I'm broad saying. shoulders. It's like, it takes some... Since he's not here, let's do throwing. a quick Chris Thor, not Thor. And this is open to everyone listening, too, by the way. Cool. Chris, Thor, not Thor. Well, I just, when we were when we were in our little break, I did mention that he also kind of looks like peak era Val Kilmer. Ooh, so should we say Thor or Val Kilmer? Okay, yeah. All right, let's do uh, Thor or Val Kilmer. Uh, Chris is... We're talking like the saint Val Kilmer. Right, right. Which, in my opinion, is the greatest. Peak Val Kilmer. Uh... Not to say that he dipped after that, but that was just like, no. he hit it, and it was like, you touch the ceiling of heaven, and that's as far as Val Kilmer's gonna get. Um, okay, so Chris's sense of humor. Thor, Val Kilmer. 
Val Kilmer. Yeah. I mean, what's Thor's sense of humor? Does he have one? That's the thing, is Chris definitely has a sense of humor. Yeah. I love that we were like, we're going to go talk about Giles now, Chris. Bye. And then we, that was a trick. It was a to trick. To get him gone. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hair. The Saint, Saint Val Kilmer, I think. It's more. It's a darker blonde. Here, okay. While we're discussing this, I might. <laughs> That's the name of his memoir, by the way. Um, <laughs> a darker shade of blonde. The Chris Bramante story. <laughs> I love it. Could we say that Val Kilmer is a little bit like of an American-y 90s? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth Thor? Yeah, I could right? see that. A little more complex, a little darker. Not so like, I'm going to jump off a balcony and catch Mjolnir and fly off. And mm. more of just like, I got to get gas. Mm-hmm. And there's something very approachable mm-hmm. and realistic about 90s Val Kilmer. I'm specifically thinking of this scene from The Saint, and I love The Saint a lot, as you might I'm keep referencing it. But there's the part where he pretends to be a South African poet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, someday I'll take you back to my home <laughs> in Africa. It's the source of all life. And that, I feel, is Chris Bramante. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Chris plays characters, mm-hmm. which is 90s Val Kilmer, because 90s Val Kilmer was an actor in the 90s. Whereas Thor, have we ever seen Thor act? No, I don't He's know. like tried in the first film where he's like, hi, I'm a scientist. And he's like, you're Thor. Yeah. I don't know. My money's on now 90s Val Kilmer. Which is... Also, I would pay really, really good money to have Chris do a reading of Val Kilmer being the South African poet from The Saint. Yeah. I wouldn't pay money to see Chris play Thor. No. Sorry. I think we've reached our conclusion. Yeah. I think we've got it. So, Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if you want to go ahead and... uh, uh, Kilmore or Thor. Hashtag Kilmore or Thor. Uh. To find out which vote, uh, which bucket you're throwing your vote in true. for Chris. Um, also, Omar, I know that this is sort of a Giles section, but I did have a few notes I wanted to Please. go over from this episode just to bring it Oh, it's all in the back. umbrella? Yeah, totally. So in the, the episode, it opens with Buffy and Riley making out. Yes. And my question is, what was the song playing while they were making out? My notes say, is that Toto or can you feel the love tonight? Because it's kind of a synth, like, ding, 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 ding. I hope Willa's not coming back. Yeah, I don't know she is. Wait, that's the other way around. <laughs> I hope Willa's not coming back. Oh, she's out. Kiss, ding, ding. I hope it's Toto. Me too. Personally. Or it's like some karaoke. <laughs> There's some weird Riley story that Buffy. Okay, you know how like everyone has like weird things mm. that significant others never tell other people because they're just like, oh god, you're gonna judge me for oh, it. Oh yeah. For example, I you're about to tell. I'll share everyone. mine. Okay, cool. My own personal one. Right. Um, and I've said it on Twitter many times, but it's something that I know a lot of my friends won't lead with when they're introducing me. Mm. Um. Uh, Jason Momoa and Chris Hemsworth, I casually refer to them as my sons. Aww. And I'm like oddly serious about it. And I know they're not literally my children. Mm-hmm. And I'll just make a joke where it's like, if someone's like, oh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I'm just like, I'm so proud of my son. <sighs> and people will be like, you know, he's not your son. And then I actually take umbrage where I'm just like, excuse me? You don't have any right to say that. Yeah. Uh, Who are you? <laughs> Who are you to deny my 
my paternity. I'm like a character in like the Wicker Man, like holding like a bundle, like wrapped in cloth, and I'm like my child, and like that's not a child. It's like, oh don't, don't tell, don't him. tell him, don't, don't tell, tell him, him it's not his child. Don't shatter this. That's like one of the things. I wonder if Riley has a weird thing where he's like he can never watch Lion King, but he's obsessed with the karaoke, and he doesn't realize that's a weird thing where he's mm-hmm. like the karaoke tracks of Elton John songs. Yeah. And then Buffy one time was like, "What? Are you serious?" And Riley was like, "Yeah." And then Buffy was like, I'm not telling anyone about this. You've constructed such a rich inner life for Riley. I, yeah. Because otherwise. <laughs> otherwise it was just a track. He doesn't really have one. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I would vote. What would you say? Uh, uh, between Toto and Can mm-hmm. You Feel the Love Tonight? Let's go with Riley has a secret thing for karaoke Lion King songs. Great. Wonderful. Cool. <laughs> Also, I have a note. At one point, Giles is dusting his shelves, and I wrote, Giles with a duster can dust my ancient tomes anytime. That's good. Can okay. we get that on our shirt? Yes. Great. I give you I give you permission. Thank you. You just gave the cross in a beer pong. Yep. Toss. Did that. Also, um, one one quick point that I that I uh, mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Buffy, in the scene where she is sparring with Riley, is wearing a bandana. And this was, out of all the willing suspensions of disbelief that Mm -hmm. I had to make throughout the course of this series... This one challenged you? That one is the most challenging. No one can keep a bandana on their head while they're doing the things that Buffy did in this scene. And it was deeply upsetting to me, because it shattered every illusion. I'm going to back up what you're saying with a personal thing. I used to wear a bandana while I was exercising... Because mm-hmm. I have long hair now, you do. and it didn't work. I had to go to Ross to find a hairband, uh-huh. like an with elastic, like a human person. But my, all I could think about while I was watching that scene was like, think of all the women, all the women, Sarah Michelle Yeller, mm-hmm. the costume people, makeup people, the ads, mm-hmm. the producers. The screenwriters, Marty Noxon, uh-huh. one of these women should have pointed out that no human person has ever been able to keep a bandana on their head while doing more than a fast walk. No, no person. Someone should have pointed it out. Someone should have known. It just really bothers me. <laughs> also, can we talk about the scene with Willow and Tara when they're like, they're like, we're going to start out real slow. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make this rose come up and we're going to pluck off its petals. And then they gaze at each other. Mm -hmm. But also in that scene, it also raised another point of contention for Mm -hmm. me, which is that they use the word magics so much. And it bothers me more than I can say. And that's the magics with a K, right? Yes. Yeah. Magics. I'm like, bros, (laughs) get a hold of yourselves. Okay. There's no K. There's no S. Just say it. Stop trying to be cool. Like, with your specific word. You are cool. You don't need the K and the S. No. To be cool. Just say magic. Just say magic. We're going to lift this rose up into the air with magic and pluck its petals. Because also, I, and this is getting a little granular, but I don't know if that's a completely true statement. We're going to lift it with magics. No. I Which have... ones? Yeah. That's... How many do you have access to? Like, how many do you need to do that? It's maybe up to interpretation, but my interpretation is that that's not right. Mm. So at least there's one person in the world, and now two. Well, there's definitely two people in the world that disagree with that use of. Yeah. Because you can't, I don't like it that we're so much more comfortable saying magics, which I don't think of, 
versus mats, where it's you do the mats, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's like a holdover from British origins of magic. Way back to Stonehenge. Um, Okay. I have three more quick points. QPs. Mm-hmm. Quick points. Okay. Um, oh, oh, side sub quick point uh, mm-hmm. to the SQP. rose. <laughs> to the rose lifting scene. I loved when the rose was zooming around and then uh, Allison Hannigan and Amber Benson had to pretend like they were watching the rose zoom around and still in the early d- stages of CGI. Mm-hmm. And it was very like Star Wars episode one where they're like, what am I looking at? I don't yep. know what I'm doing. Yep. Where's this rose zooming? It's very Just keep your eye on the tennis ball. I really loved it. I hated Buffy talking about the waffles because I don't like it when she does her cutesy voice and she's like, uh, waffles have little like little holes in them where you can put syrup. We're like, really, Buffy? Really, that's what you wanted to say at this moment. You could say anything. You could be so insightful. Okay. Um, 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 um. Oh, okay. I have to put my notes down um, for my notebook that I took notes in for this episode. Let's talk about the shirt that Giles wears, Giles wears at the end when he has to, like, borrow Ethan's shirt. And I yep. don't know if you guys remember this, but it's, like, a shiny silver shirt with like tic-tac-toe marks on it yeah it's just a really special moment it's why is that not a costume i don't know like a popular costume it should be it looks comfortable Mm -hmm. you're reflective so if you're walking at dusk you would be visible to oncoming traffic it's a safe shirt but at the same time it's not it's a very daring shirt oh i see what you're saying it's a bold choice it's a bold choice but also safe in that you would be seen by oncoming vehicles. I used to have a completely shiny shirt, a button-up, that I didn't realize was a weird thing. I don't, because I have no idea what's weird and what's not. And as a kid, I had less of a sense. Oh. Now I just, like, have clothes that I just wear more regularly, where I'm just like, plaid seems to work. Um, but at the time, like, I remember I went to, like, middle school with this, and then we were playing, I think the band was playing Crocodile Rock, and we had just gotten the... Uh, sheet music mm-hmm. and then my teacher at the time mrs reed was just like so Elton john who wears clothing much like omar <gasps> and i was like uh-huh <laughs> and everyone like looked at me i was like it's, it's completely true elton john wears lots of clothing like this mm-hmm. and i just didn't understand that that was like a it's weird to dress like elton john mm-hmm. elton john is a specific mm-hmm. style because i was like he's a popular guy so why would you not like right. you know yeah. other you know there's lots of famous people mm-hmm. so iggy pop doesn't wear shirts i no. see lots of people walking around shirtless it's true Straight, straightforward Iggy Pop situation. Prince. Prince? Prince Bowie. Oh. Oh, Prince, Omar. maybe a wizard in the day? Could be. Like a music this mage? This is the thing. I don't know. I, I can't get started on Prince or else I'm going to get a lot of like angry tweets. I don't, I'm not on Twitter, so actually that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> they just get tossed into the void? <laughs> they just get tossed. All the angry tweets get tossed. I was not exposed to Prince at an early age, so I don't completely get it. I understand. Okay, I actually, let's take a quick second to discuss this. I completely understand what you're saying because, to an extent, but not because I'm just going to disagree with you. I was not raised on Prince, so I don't have the nostalgia of Prince. Mm. But my mom one day, like I've like, like I grew up with Santana. So Santana, I'm just like, oh, you can't say anything. And there's like certain artists Raffi, for example, if someone's like Raffi's not really a musician, I would like. Be I like, would. They won't find you. Punch him in the face <laughs> and then toss him to you, and you can dispose. And it's gonna be like a weird, like Mortal Kombat, like fatality situation. Yeah. But you don't dis Raffi. You don't dis Raffi. No. You can't dis Raffi. No. Uh, what are you gonna say? You want me to sing some Raffi? 
Do you want to sing some rap real quick? And a peanut butter sandwich made with jam. One for me and one for Major M. I'm a peanut butter sandwich made with jam. Yum, 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 yum. Like, try writing a better song than that. You can. Try. Because that's it. That's the best song that can be written. It's great. It sums it up. That's the Val- That's the 90s Val Kilmer saint of music. You got it. You got it. Um, but I went to a Prince concert. And that's oh. when I was like... Amazing. He's very super talented. It's kind of like someone who never mm-hmm. listened to Pink Floyd and was just like, I don't really get it. But then saw David Gilmore and was like, mm-hmm. but David Gilmore's really good. So, but it's a different thing where it's not like I like weep when I like hear because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, my life. Yeah. But I'm just like amazing musician. Yeah. I wish I could, you know, I wish I'd had that experience too because, you know, Peter, my mm-hmm. betrothed, who normally operates on a very, very even keel and yes. it takes quite a bit to shake him up. But during the Super Bowl halftime show, I was like in the kitchen eating something and he's like almost in tears because he's like, but it was raining while he was playing Purple Rain. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes rain happens though. He's like, but Purple Rain. It's like, oh, I just wish I could feel what you feel. Because clearly it's very important because yeah. you're getting really worked up about it. Normally you're on a like a an even five. His keel is like oh, it's, level. It's like a large shipping ship. <laughs> it's one of those ones that just like don't it, rock. It's so big that the waves can't do they anything just crash. to it. They yeah, just crash. it's like a little island, really moving. <laughs> <laughs> a little Peter Island. So to put a, a a ribbon on our Gile segment. Oh God, we've ranged far and wide. But I feel like within the mindset of Giles. Yeah. Uh, except for the waffles bit, which really, I think, derailed our conversation as well as the episode. It's lazy writing. It's, come on, Joss. You know, he was probably, or whoever wrote the episode, they were probably just, like, looking at their breakfast. It was like, let's let's open this scene with Buffy remarking on the physical features of a waffle and have that be our end. Do you mind if I do a really quick mind blow? Uh, so people freak out about, no one freaks out about waffles holding syrup. But waffles do hold syrup. True. If you are making pancakes... When you make pancakes, you usually flip it when it's uh, the side of the batter facing you is bubbled up yep. sufficiently, right? And yep. then you flip it. Yeah. That side, which is bubbly, can now hold syrup. So don't serve the pancake on the side that you're just like, and back over to like the completely clean side that was like face down. Yeah. Flip it back over, and then you have a waffly pancake that can hold the syrup, so it doesn't just run over onto the plate, which makes no sense. Yeah. Just from an aesthetic point of view, though, the opposite side of the pancake is more attractive and that it is evenly browned and then you know like the bottom side of a pancake it has those little those little bubbles Mm -hmm. those little syrup holding orifices (laughs) well now you've changed my mind but it is unevenly browned it is unevenly browned that's a choice i feel like you're gonna have to make but people will probably keep i'll report back to everybody i don't think it's a huge issue because i think you could easily just dab a pancake in the plate syrup that you have or you could eat a waffle or you can just have a waffle uh what is your favorite like if the different giles's came in trading card form Mm. which one would you be like this is my prized hologram holographic different giles like Super Tweety, Library Giles, mm. Watcher Giles, Season 2, Upset I think, Giles. No, I think I think Giles in the car with Buffy after the Angelus debacle because that's, you know, that's what I would hope for in, you know, and we're getting into like some weird psychological places here, but um 
that's what you know you, I'd hope for in in either a, a partner or, a, or just like a friend or a parent or anything is just like man I majorly fucked up the world may be in jeopardy but you just look for that person you can be like yeah you made a mistake but I understand why you made it mm-hmm. and my respect and love for you isn't changed by that it's the mature baby you fam <laughs> Right? Yeah. Thank you, Omar. But that's, that's, I think, when I really, like, was like, this is an amazing character played by an amazing actor, and it's such a unique fusion of actor and character. That, that That's what I was like, oh, Giles. That's oh, great. Yeah, I wish I knew you in person. And I also, like, secretly hope that Anthony Stewart Head is like Giles in his actual everyday life. I told Tom Lang that that's the one person i can't meet for yeah. the show i know exactly i'm like i actually don't want to watch too many interviews or like read too much uh, because i just i have this image in my mind mm-hmm. of what he's like and i hope that he's really like that. from what i've heard and understand he is very much along the giles oh, good line but with more rocky horror great that's great too no i'm really happy about that uh fantastic fantastic well, there it is. Thanks, Omar. Car ride, comforting. The world is complicated, and the that's world, the world is we complicated, live in. but it's gonna be okay. You just want the person who says it's gonna be okay. They mean it, and you're like, oh wait, maybe it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's not an empty thing. Wonderful. Mm. Well, there it is. That's our discussion of Giles. That was the Bailey Kane Omar Giles special, uh, completely packed with so many nutrients and vitamins, many like nuggets. talking about Prince, Prince <laughs> waffles. waffles. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which, uh, where does Chris lie on the scale of... Val Kilmer to Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even Chris Hemsworth, like specifically Thor. Yeah. So there it is. Well, we'll do the doodly-doo noise, but I just want to say, within this little pocket Giles universe, thank you so much for joining and Thanks talking about Thanks for having Giles. me, Omar. My very first podcast experience. Next time we can talk about my very complicated feelings for angels. We'll have to do that. Mm. All right. Back to the normal universe. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, and that is our bell, which means we're almost out of time. Man, what a great discussion that Bailey and I had just oh, now. That was so great. That was brilliant. Wow. That really, was... <laughs> guys, that was so insightful. That was very insightful. Cool. Moved. <laughs> so moved. Deeply moved. <laughs> uh, but before we go, we have an extracurricular activity, which means we're going to make something up on the spot inspired by this episode. It can be a local commercial. It could be a jingle. It could be anything we want. Keep in mind, all three of us are musically inclined. Mm. Uh, so that's a thing. Um, and this episode was about getting lost as like a demon and not being able to communicate, um, a letter opener not being completely steel or being silver, which was a saving grace in the end there. True. Uh, what about two Fjarl demons being hired as like extra chorus members? For what show? For, um... I'll make it good. Cats? Okay, great, great, great. All right. All right, great. <clears throat> Okay, you two, you two, over here, front of the line. All right, guys, we had a recent, uh, we had some spoiled cream that uh, got all the the cast of Cats sick, the cast as we call it, so we're going to need some backup singers really quickly. (laughs) 
Ouch. Now, what we're looking for is uh, some good... I'm speaking good... Fiaral. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about you. Okay, this is all Fiaral to me. So, look, we're looking for, like, just some harmonies in the back. I know that, you know, Fiaral is not exactly a Broadway voice, per se, but we're really in a tough situation here. Our, 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 our yarn ball has gotten pretty tight. So, so uh, we're, we're going to cue you guys up for memories. Let's just see Good, what you guys because do. Because that's okay? the only one I know from yeah. this show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would you guys prefer <laughs> to do a Mr. Mistopheles number? Or? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe <laughs> just <laughs> memories. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Uh, Audition for the Rum Tum Tugger. Okay. Yeah, I remember you, but uh, we were looking for someone a little bit tall, unfortunately. So <sighs> it's just hey, and I'm not in casting. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm just managing the stage here. <sighs> okay. So all right, are you guys ready? We'll take yeah. it from the top. All right. Uh, Clarkson, ready? Yeah! All right, <laughs> play it again, Clarkson. You got it, boss! Uh, no, never, never a cat so clever as the magic of Mr. Mr. the Rage. And a remi- reminder that, that you guys are going to sing Memories right now. Memories Okay, let's take it back to the top. Um, I want you guys to be a little bit more wistful. You're singing to the moon. All right, take it from the top. Clarkson, you ready? Always. <laughs> Play it again, Clarkson. Yup. Three, two, one. Okay, uh, we'll do it one more time. Just a quick reminder, you're mic'd, so you don't have to yard voice it, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't need you to play to the back seats. I want you to play to your nose, okay? <laughs> Just play into your nose, all right? That's as far as you gotta get it, okay? Nose voice. All right, Clarkson, you ready? I guess so. All right, Clarkson, you're the star of the show. Don't anyone tell you otherwise. I won't. <laughs> play it again, Clarkson. Quick, uh, I'm going to have a quick aside with Clarkson for a second. Hey, Clarkson, come here. Uh, yeah, what's going on, boss? I think we're going to get the Tony this year. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and that's our final bell, which means we are unfortunately out of time. We have to head out of the library. Bailey Keen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so welcome. I've been looking forward to this for months. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. It really lived up to it. Right. Uh, what a great discussion of Giles. What a great discussion of this episode. What a great discussion of season four. I feel mm-hmm. like we're um, a little bit past the middle of season four. Oh, yeah. We really got in. to the nugget of what makes this season so different. And the also crux. the one, crux. One might even say. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about Finn, possibly the horror crux of mm-hmm. the season. Um, uh, quick reminder to you guys, uh, hashtag follow Finn for more thoughts on Finn, and we'll look back at it when we get to the winter season, which we're considering calling Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, Bailey Kane, where can they find your stuff on Instagram if they'd like to follow you and find stuff? I actually just turned my account to private, but it's Bailey K. Kane. Okay, so yeah, or if Basil it ever B. Kane. Goes... Sorry, I don't even know my own Instagram handle. But then I also paint pictures. And where can they find those? Um, those are on uh, my my company's called Knickerbocker Art Studios. So you can find me on Instagram at Knickerbocker Art Studios. 
and also at knickerbockerartstudios.com on the internet. In Knickerbocker, it's like the British pantaloon. You just Google that and fill in the rest. Also, I think there's a Knickerbocker on the LA skyline. Yeah. Do we have a Knickerbocker light? Uh-huh. Um, my family is pretty important. Wow. So we can, we can talk later. <laughs> okay. About the importance of my ancestors. We will. We will. Um, great, check that out. Bailey is an amazing painter. When she says she does painting, it's not like a Jim Carrey or George Bush thing. They're like real paintings. It's like so, whales and sea creatures. Okay. Uh, not he, like George Bush's paintings of dogs. <laughs> not like George Bush's paintings of soldiers, you know. Um, oh, my God. Uh, uh, I, I'm just kidding. Uh, all things aside, George Bush, pretty good painter. Um, I'm glad he found, like, an outlet. Yeah, yeah, like if I ever bump into him, like that's a positive thing I will definitely I'd mention. I'd bring up the paintings. I'll be sure. like, hey, your yeah. paintings are really good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, do you have any music available online people can find? Oh, yeah. I have a band with my sister called Madiket, M-A-D-A-K-E-T. And uh, yeah, if you Google like Madiket Band, we're on Spotify and stuff. So check that out. We made the album a long time ago, though. So no judgments, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. Thanks, Really, Omar. really good. Uh, so great, that's all the places they can find you. How about you, Chris? Hey, everybody, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me on Twitter as Amontioc, or Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as Amontioc, and every Thursday on Hyper RPG's The Gauntlet at 6.30 p.m. Also, you can find Omar and I on Tuesdays on the Buffy RPG at 8.30 p.m. Also, you can find me with Robot Teammate, my musical improv group. Find us on robotteammate.com, and that's the things. Omar, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Omar Najam. Also, 13 Days 13 Shorts is going on, so please check out 13 Days 13 Shorts on Twitter. We've tweeted about it a few times, so if you're lazy and you just follow Sunny to Sutter Group, you can just go and find that. And my own Instagram, which I'll be filling up during the month of October with all these fun Halloween-y things, is Omar Najam Film. So it's uh, a lot of pretentious titles for just really simple pictures, where it's like, squares. It's just squares. Oh. Um, and that brings joy to my art, so that's why I do it. So deep. Thank you, thank you. Or maybe I should take pictures of circles. Oh, but I'll call it circles. You gotta have a focus. I have to have a focus. Corners, 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 corners. corners, corners, corners. And you can find anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast, as well as Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook and Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram. We post quite often, so check out that stuff, guys. Thank you so much for joining us of our discussion of episode 12 of season four. A new man, and we'll be back very soon uh, next week with an angel discussion where we're joined again by our special investigator co host, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be a good one because this season of Angel has gotten to the nutty psych. Like, we've gotten to a very weird cloud of angels, so you'll want to tune in. All right, guys, until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then. <laughs>